Greetings from your host Ken Wang. This is the Badger Herald podcast. Today, our guests are the Badger Herald's upper management, and they're here to speak about their experiences at UW as well as at the Herald. Welcome, guys, and thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So before we jump in, would you uh, please briefly introduce yourselves, you know, including what you do at the Badger Herald, your year and major and stuff like that? Yeah, so I'm Harrison Freuk. I'm the editor-in-chief at the Badger Herald. I'm currently a junior. I'll be graduating in December of this year, and I've been with the Herald for three full years now. I was a sports writer my first year, sports editor the second year, and I've been editor-in-chief since last May, and I'll be departing as editor-in-chief this May. So I just have a couple of weeks left here. Hi, I'm Mary Magnuson. I am one of the two managing editors. I am a conservation biology and life sciences communications major at UW. And I started with the Herald my freshman year. I was a news reporter, then I was state associate editor, campus associate editor, and then digital news editor before taking on this position. Yeah, and I'm Molly DeVore. I'm managing editor alongside Mary. I'm a journalism and environmental studies major. I started off my sophomore year as a reporter, then I was city news associate, and then I was digital news editor along with Mary again. So obviously, you know, all of you guys have been with the Herald for a fairly long time. So what made you guys choose to join the Badger Herald in the first place? Yeah, so I actually got dragged along to one of our introductory meetings my freshman year. So I think it was one of my first days on campus, it was before school had even started. And my friend Dakota, he wanted to do photography for the Herald. And so I, I just went along with him. I was originally a stats major. I did not know I wanted to do writing. And then from there, I just fell in love with sports writing specifically. And then I just advanced up to where I'm at now. Yeah, I got involved with the Herald my freshman year. Basically, what happened was every year, the, Her- the Herald sends out this mail home issue during the summer to all of the freshmen that are incoming into the next class in the fall. So I received the the mail home issue of our paper. And in that issue, there was an editorial from the editor-in-chief at the time. He was named Matt O'Connor, where he basically talked about what the Badger Herald is and how it's completely independent from the university. And then how editorially independent journalism is like one of the most important tools for communities and society like in this day and age especially and I was just like really struck by that I'd known I wanted to get involved with campus journalism but reading that really made me like feel like the Herald was where I wanted to be and it was a a sort of publication that I really wanted to get behind based on its values and that sort of thing so I sent him an email and I was like I want to join and then I did so yeah Yeah, so I didn't join my freshman year, but then my sophomore year, I'd taken Journalism 201 my freshman spring, so I was thinking more and more about becoming a journalism major, and so I was like, all right, I should probably hit up one of the campus publications, and I, like, knew that there were two, but I kind of only vaguely remembered that, and so I can only remember the name of the Badger Herald. I feel like I'd seen it more. So I, like, just checked out their website, and I liked it, and then I similarly emailed Matt O'Connor and started writing. How has the this pandemic affected the production and the operation of the Herald? 
Yeah, so the most obvious change, I would say, is just the fact that we stopped printing newspapers. We used to print weekly. So we printed our mail home, which went out to the freshmen, as Mary talked about before, this past summer. And then we printed, I believe, our first two issues. And then after that, we decided after campus shut down early in the semester due to outbreaks in both Celery and Witty, that we were going to stop production via print because nobody was going to be able to pick up the papers anyways. Nobody was really going into campus buildings. So I think that was the most obvious change. And then because of that, we really picked up our digital production and our newsletters, our digital newsletters, I should say, which get emailed out to all students on campus. And then another key thing, I think, is just that we haven't, people don't really come into the office. Usually the Herald is really about like being a community and having having our staff come into the office. Usually we have about 15 to 20 people in the office on any given weeknight, uh, especially Mondays. But this semester, it's really just been Mary, Molly, and myself, and then maybe a copy editor or a couple editors in there. I don't think we've had more than 10 people at any time this semester or last semester. So I think those are the big changes. And I'm sure Mary or Molly has more more changes that they can add to that. Yeah, honestly, just echoing that was we had to figure out how how we were going to adapt like our office and making it something that like if people wanted to feel comfortable coming in, they could like with mask protocols and cleaning protocols and all that sort of thing, but also kind of readapting our, just the culture of how we produce a newspaper because so much of the Badger Herald has been about like coming to the office and building something together. But obviously with the pandemic, like we really, a lot of people don't, didn't feel comfortable coming into the office or we just like couldn't have more than like a few people at a time. So it was really, I think the biggest challenge was like trying to readapt the way that we work so that like we all have the same expectations for deadlines and stuff when we're even when we're not there to like produce something together because like Harrison said being in the office is such a big part of being a part of the Herald it's how you really feel connected to everyone and how it's such like this awesome experience that we can do together so we've been trying to do some like virtual events and that sort of thing as well to make sure that we really keep that culture alive. Yeah I would definitely agree with what both Harrison and Mary said. And then I feel like adding a little bit to how it's changed like content, I think in a lot of ways it's like blurred the lines between print and digital because already our our print and our digital, while our digital will sometimes incorporate multimedia more so than our print, they already looked fairly similar. Digital was always a bit more breaking news and print was a bit more in depth, but now that nothing's actually getting physically printed, it's more and more confusing the difference. But I think one strength that it's added is because so many events have been canceled and we're not operating previously digital operated a lot in that writers would go to an event, come back to the office and write it up, which is great, a great way to learn. That's not really happening. Events aren't really happening. There's a few digital ones, but it's not the same. And so I think one strength is that our write-ups, which would usually be breaking news event, have gotten a lot better because usually you're like cramming write-ups between classes, between an event you're going to. And now people are getting live sources for write-ups. They're doing a lot more interviews, which I think has really strengthened that aspect of our production. Two of you guys are graduating very soon. One of you guys will be, you know, graduating after next semester. So what is one of your most memorable moments as a journalism student or as a member of the Herald? I would say my most memorable moment with the Herald specifically is from December of 2019, it would have been. So the Badgers were in the the Badger football team was in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. And the other sports editor at the time, John, 
him and myself were watching the game and just live tweeting and writing the recap. And I wrote an article earlier that week that basically it was saying how Wisconsin could still make the college football playoff. I believe they were ranked eight or nine in the country at the time. But if a bunch of teams in front of them lost in their championship games, Wisconsin had a chance to make the championship game themselves. And so I predicted like what would have to happen for for the Badgers to do that. And all four teams that I predicted needed to lose did lose that day. So really, if the Badgers had won that game that day, they, they would have been in the college football playoff, according to what I thought. And Wisconsin was winning at halftime. So that article got, I want to say like, 16,000 views just at halftime. And it was just a really cool moment to see, like watching the real-time audiences that like people were going into my article and reading it. And that like really solidified my feeling as wanting to become a journalist and just really reach a a wide audience of people who would read what I had to write. This is hard because there's been so many really memorable moments from the Herald. I think one that really stuck out to me was my freshman year. I covered the election night party for Tony Evers. He was running against Scott Walker. And of course, they were hosting this big event at the Orpheum. I think that's what it's called, the theater on State Street. So I went there to cover that. And obviously, like, I think everybody knew it was going to be a close race. I think it was really, nobody really like was going to be able to predict who was going to win that election. So just like the energy in that room the whole night was like, anticipatory but a little bit nervous and they had this like big screen that was showing the election results and of course every time like Evers started to inch ahead the the energy would just explode and I was of course like spending my time talking to all these people that were just they really believed in this candidate and they really believed in his mission a lot of them were educators and they really believed that he could like do something really good to Wisconsin for Wisconsin. So just like talking to people that all had this like shared passion in this one person's vision was really powerful. And then of course he actually won. So like as the night got later and the election like started, you could start to see that it was really going to favor Evers in the end. Like the energy was just absolutely off the charts. Like in that, in that place, everybody was so excited. And it literally was like, I think it was like 3 a.m. or 2 30 or something when they finally like called the election. And I remember like the hush in that crowd right before Tony Evers himself like came out to give his speech. Like, I don't know. It was just such a cool feeling to like see all of these people that were so excited about this and being able to like report on report on it, like in the moment like that was, I don't know. It was really special. Yeah. Mine's a little bit similar to Mary's. I think it would have been, I think it would have been my junior, actually, no, it would have been my sophomore year. I think presidential candidate Bernie Sanders came to Madison and we had known all week that he was going to come and I volunteered to go. But then like that day, it was a Friday, I remember in like early spring and that day on Facebook, people were posting like get there really early because it was first, it was just at James Madison Park and it was just, it fills up when it fills up, there weren't tickets or anything. And they were like, get there early. Like it's going to be a huge crowd. You're not going to get in. You have to wait for hours. So I don't think he was slated to speak until like five, but I headed over to James Madison at like 1 PM because I was like, and I think I was still an associate. So I was like really anxious and nervous about like messing up or missing anything. And so I like, just was like, you know what, this is my day. So I just like headed over there at 1 PM and just, and it was still really cold out. And I just stood in the cold for like five hours waiting for Bernie Sanders to show up. And it was cool to see like how the park filled. Like when I got there, there were like 10 people there. And then, you know, in a few hours, it was hundreds and hundreds of people. And I was like stuck in my little section and I was like trying to interview 
students around me like during the dead time like about how they were but I like couldn't move because everyone was around so I just kind of was able to interview like the five people directly encircling me and it was just really cool because it was early on in the presidential election so like the people I talked to like weren't sure who they were going to vote for they were like yeah I don't know I just want to hear Bernie's policies and then sort of like James Madison Park so you're like looking out over like Mendota and Bernie kind of like emerged from behind these apartment buildings that are like up on the hill and like I remember I kept like waiting and I was like on my tiptoes because I'm pretty short and there was a lot of people in front of me and I was like waiting for him to show up and then like finally when he did like I had just been anticipating it for so long and like the whole crowd you could tell it was just really excited so that was a really cool memory. Awesome those are all great stories great anecdotes to to share. So thank you for sharing with me and with our audience. On another note, you know, as Harold decided to do things a little bit differently this semester because of the pandemic, but as we're still going forward, what are some of the things that you guys are doing right now to improve the Badger Herald? Yeah, so there's going to be a new management team starting I believe three weeks from now, maybe four weeks, I'm not sure on the exact timeline, but early May. Uh, we'll have a new management team. So right now we're kind of gearing up and handing over the reins. I'm doing training with them really soon here. So so I think that what we really, since all three of us, our tenures are winding down here in these last few weeks, the best thing we can do is just prepare the, the next group of people to make sure that the Herald's in good hands, especially with the, the pandemic, I shouldn't say coming to an end, but kind of winding down in a way with, with vaccines and, and such. We're, we're really not sure where the Herald will be this fall when it comes to print, whether we're going to still be digital only like we were this year or if we want to go back to print. So we've been having a lot of conversations about those kinds of things. And then also just really wanting to expand on our, our success of the last year, especially with digital newsletters and our digital production. So those are things that we're really looking at as this year winds down. Yeah, you you hit my thing. The, what I was thinking about was the newsletter as something that I'm really excited to see moving forward. The, the newsletter, as people in the Herald know, has always kind of been my baby since it got started. And it's just grown like and evolved in so many ways since its creation. And I'm really happy with how it where it is now and how it looks now. But I just also think that there's so many ways in which it can grow and become an even more more helpful tool for our audience. So that's something that I'm really excited to see what the new management does with that and something that I think our team is always looking at and seeing how we can make better, especially since it's something that's pretty new for, for the Herald. Yeah, I would echo both of what Marion Harrison said, but I also think similar to the newsletter, we have a few kind of projects that are like in their infancy that I'm excited to see, you know, one being the podcast, also people of UW-Madison and just increased features between now we have digital features and print features. And so I think we just have more coming out. I know Katie Hardy has really the past maybe year and a half, maybe two years, done a lot of awesome graphics. So I think we have a few, a few things where we're like venturing to new realms, but it's still new. So I'm just really excited to see how those things grow and expand and get more like institutionalized into what the Herald is in the coming year. And then also like, not just content wise, but I feel like even though COVID has been so hard and we're so separated, I feel like we've tried to build community online and with the people we are seeing as best we can. And I think Aaron, Savannah and Arushi are going to do a really good job continuing to like 
make the Herald a really like fun, awesome space to be. So I'm excited to see like, I feel like there's a few faces that sort of got to be around this semester, maybe some freshmen. And I'm excited to see them get a little bit more integrated into the Herald community next year. What advice would you give journalism students, you know, or how would you encourage them to be more involved on and off campus to get more experiences in journalism? I would say, obviously, this sounds like I'm just advocating for the Herald, but join a student newspaper, join a, a student magazine, join something that in, lets you get real life experience. You can learn a ton in the classroom, no doubt. But I think most of what I've learned in my three years as a journalism student and as a journalist has come from the Herald. The tools that you learn in the J School are really useful. I learned a lot of AP style and copy editing tools from the J School. But I also think that just real life experience with the Herald, learning from your mistakes. My first few stories were awful. Write a feature even if you can't write every, every if you can't regularly write a news story, just writing a feature where you interview three to five people or even more in my case for my last feature. Just getting to interview people and learn people's stories and then write about it in a long form way really helps helped me learn how to become a better writer and be a better communicator in general. And it also just creates a great network. I think with the Herald, I've met so many alumni and so many people that even currently work at the Herald, like Mary and Molly, just that you're going to know for the rest of your life and be friends with for the rest of your life. And I think that those connections are also really useful tools, especially if you can if you can hop on that early in your journalism career or student career. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Harrison. Definitely get involved with publications on campus or internships in the local community. But I think that the most valuable journalism advice I ever got it came from one of our Herald alumni, Jason Joyce, who edits the Cap Times in Madison. And he did a little alumni talk for Herald staffers my freshman year. And this advice he gave, I don't know, it just really stuck with me. And I think it's one of the most important practices that you can just integrate into your everyday life as a journalist. But it's like always, always be asking questions and always be questioning like the world around you. Like as a student on campus, you see firsthand like everything that's going on on campus, basically. So keep asking yourself questions like, why do we do things like this? Why, why are people saying this thing or arguing this thing? Or what kind of structures are in place that like, I don't know, affect the way that we move through our day? Being observant and like looking for stories everywhere you go, basically. Like if you see a poster on State Street or something that you're like, that sounds interesting. Like, what's up with that? Like, look into it. Just constantly be like observing the world around you and like thinking about like why things are the way they are and asking questions and asking about, you know, questioning structures of power and that sort of thing. And then of course, like writing down every time you have a story idea, you should just write it down. It's the best practice you could ever get into. Whether it's on like the notes app in your phone, like bad poetry or something, just like write ideas that you have down so that one day, like, if something comes up, like, you could turn it into a story. Yeah, I'm gonna cheat and piggyback off of what both Mary and Harrison said. But I'm gonna start with what Mary said, because I think that that's just really good advice to both question and just be observant. I think those are like, I don't know, the two this is an oversimplification, but some of the two key traits of like someone who may be interested in journalism is to just always like be very curious about what you see. And I think that questioning 
should be extended to your journalism classes and like the policies at your student publication. So like be questioning why this certain practice exists, why this AP style really exists, why, you know, you don't have to like be rude to your editor for no reason, but like if you're seeing certain structures that you're learning in class about journalism or at your student publication, question that because those policies and practices should always be changing. They're rooted in a lot of problematic or not fully informed things. And so I think that questioning can be extended to even the journalism that you're doing. And then as far as like joining student publication, yeah, I think that is the best way to like learn fast how to write and like no one's going to really hold your hand. They're just going to send you to an event and hope for the best. And I would say on top of that, joining the Herald, like one made me a much better writer and editor and all that, but also like it gave me a connection to UW and to the city of Madison. So I'm not from Madison. And so my first year, I kind of was just, didn't really feel super connected to UW specifically or the city and didn't know a lot about the city. And then being in that, in the paper, you one start to feel a little bit more like school pride. You also are forced to learn about the city really fast, especially if you're a city associate. And so that just makes you feel more a part of the community, both the university community and like the broader community. And I think that's, really important. Even if you're not interested in journalism specifically, I think it helps you just do better on campus. Those are some great advice. You know, as someone who's walking the path, I would definitely agree that joining the Harrow is probably one of my best decisions that I've made for myself. You know, I have enjoyed working with you guys, so it's definitely going to be sad to see you guys leave, but I'm also excited that you know, I can continue my work here with another new group of amazing editors and and management staff. So that's great. You know, I learned a lot of about copy editing AP style thanks to Mary's workshop. Had to learn that very fast, very quickly. But you know, it's very useful. I never, like Harrison, I never thought that I would be writing or being an editor in a school newspaper that serves like 40,000 students. I was, uh, I started out as a math major. So yeah, I, I resonate a lot with what you guys just said. Lastly, I think let's just settle this argument once and for all. Why do you guys think that the Badger Herald is the superior student newspaper on campus? Why are we better than the Daily Cardinal? I would just say community. Honestly, like the Herald's such a family and I feel like less so this year because of the pandemic, not being able to see people in the office. I know that our office culture is above and beyond. That's what made me fall in love with the Herald. My first year, like I said, I was just a writer. So I did barely went in the office. I think I was in the office maybe four or five times the entire uh, year. But last year as sports editor, I would be in the office at least two nights a week. Sometimes I would come in even on nights where I didn't have any Herald work to do just because I didn't like my roommates and I preferred the Herald family to my real apartment mates. And I feel like that I, I can't speak for the Cardinal perfectly, but I know people who have worked at the Cardinal and every one of them that has switched to the Herald has said that our our community is is better than what the Cardinal community is like. And I feel like that's such an important tool when it comes to comparing two different workplaces or two different student newspapers. And then I also feel like our production is is better than what the Cardinal does. Not to say that their production's bad, because obviously they're also a very good student newspaper. 
but I feel like especially this last year with, with how we managed COVID and covering COVID stories and covering uh, a more diverse set of stories than I feel like we've ever covered before. I think we've done a really good job with that this, this last year, especially. And that's why I think we were better than the Cardinal personally. Yeah, I know we definitely have kind of a friendly rivalry with the Cardinal as, as UW is really kind of unique in having two student newspapers. That's not something you see at a lot of universities, but I do think it's important that student, student journalism for anyone is an experiment and it's kind of a, a laboratory where you can learn how to be a journalist without always like the same expectations. And like, you're allowed to make mistakes a little bit more than if you were in a real live newsroom. So that's something that's really special just about student journalism in general. And I really respect the Cardinal for, for being a part of that culture on campus. But I don't know, one thing that I think really sets the Herald apart from not just the Cardinal, but like student publications nationally is that we are fully independent. So we don't have an office on campus. We have our editorial standards, obviously separate. We don't really have like a faculty advisor or anything. Like we have faculty that we are close with through J school connections, but they're not any sort of formal part of the Herald. Our board of advisors is made up of alumni who are journalists in the local community, but not not any sort of like university affiliated people. So it really just gives us freedom to, to write the stories that we feel the need to write, like without any sort of obstacles or potential concerns or conflicts of interest with the university, which is really, really special. I think we've run a lot of really good stories kind of holding those structures of power to the things they do, especially during this pandemic where everything has been so crazy. So I think that's a really important part of what what sets us apart is our our independence. And then, yeah, I think everybody at the Herald, like we tend to be very close. And because of that, we tend to hold our stories like and hold each other really accountable because we know that we can be really good. And we know that we're all really smart and we're close enough that like, I'm like Harrison, I'm like editing your piece and I'm making a lot of edits. Like we're not going to get offended. Like I trust everybody that I work with. And I think that really elevates our stories because we understand that we can be the best that we can be together. Yeah. I'm going to just start by saying I have gone back and forth a lot on like the Cardinal Herald rivalry. When I first started and I wasn't super involved with the Herald, I like didn't get it. And it made me mad. I was like, why are there two student newspapers? We're both struggling financially. We're both don't have enough reporters. We should just combine like and, you know, share resources. And that's what I thought at first. But I think over time, I've realized having the two papers makes us both better. Competition, friendly competition drives us both to do better. If we weren't occasionally comparing ourselves to the Cardinal, we wouldn't be hopping on all these stories. We wouldn't try to make our production better. And I'm assuming vice versa. I think having someone I think having a second student newspaper holds you accountable for, am I doing the best work I can be doing? You know, you don't want at all just to be about doing better than the Cardinal, but I think, I think it can make your work better. So I, I am now on the side of, I think it's really special and cool that UW has two student newspapers. And I think we both do really, really good work with limited resources. And I think that makes UW, I think it's good. UW has all this eyes on them. Like, you know, people are being held accountable from two student newspapers and the student newspapers are being held accountable from each other, which is really awesome. Like nothing's getting through the cracks, hopefully. But then I, for why we're better, in my humble opinion, 
I don't know a ton about how the Cardinal works, about their newsroom or about their structures. And from what I've heard, because they are like the affiliated student newspaper, they get more J school students. So I think they just have a much bigger staff than us or a much bigger, maybe section head and editing staff than us. And so the Cardinal or the Herald, I think there's more room to move up faster and there's more room to become closer to the community faster a little bit and sort of get to know folks better. So I think, you know, smaller underdog for the win all the way. Those are some great things you have said. And I, I think those are some great points to uh, settle this debate, but I appreciate, you know, I never thought it, thought of it that way that this is a friendly competition so now I understand a little bit better and I love what you guys said about the accountability and the independence and that you know we're independent so to wrap up here thank you guys Harrison Mary and Molly for joining today to have such a great conversation you guys have shared lots of great experiences and tips for the students and definitely with our audience with our audience as well who may or may not be interested in journalism. I wish you guys the best of luck in your postgraduate adventures. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken. Really great job with the podcast this year. And I'm very excited to see what you do next year and to continue to haunt and stalk the Herald. Because I probably won't have a job, so I'll be around. <laughs> great to know. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions about our program, please contact us at podcast at badgerherald.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Please stay tuned for more episodes. I'm your host, Ken, at the Badger Herald. This is the Badger Herald Podcast. This episode is edited by Keegan Schlosser. The script is prepared by Jeffrey Dees, Quincy Croner, and myself. Thank you, Malian Medina and Emma Grant for contributing to this episode. It would have not been possible without your input.